Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Gordon Elliott joins me after a, a sparkling, sparkling opening day to the Dublin Racing Festival. You must be a very happy man after yesterday's results. Yeah, it's unbelievable um, to win the first race. You know, it takes a lot of pressure off for the week, for the two days. Um, and the grade one made it even better. I don't think I've ever seen you quite as sort of satisfied inwardly, it seemed to me, as you were after after Apple's Jade won. Just just talk me through the, the build-up to yesterday and, and tell me why it mattered so much to you. Well, I suppose, listen, as good as it is having horses like that, uh, it puts a lot of pressure on you and you get wound up every day. But I suppose that's why you're in it. You know, there's a lot of bad days. I mean, your days of last year, you, um, listen, I, I, I enjoy it every day. You see me go to the track, uh, I... Um, Sometimes I lap around and make it a bit of an easier on myself, but uh, when you've mirrors like that, it's something else. And it's the one thing, you, you might train... I mean, how many horses do you train? I've got quite a few, yeah. But it's up into the 200s or yeah, 300s yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we, we've, we've, I suppose, been 150 and 200 horses. Mm. Um, you know, we're lucky there. We, we're getting more quality uh, every year, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very important. But for me, like to, to have a winner in, in, uh, in air on Wednesday or a winner in Epperstown today is important to me so every horse is the same but she's a little bit different I mean, all, all are equal but some are more equal than others she was absolutely superb yesterday and of course she set everybody alight after the race as to where she was going to yeah. go at, at Cheltenham and Kim and, and Tom and, and Jim have been talking about it back at, back at base and, and I, there's a strong feeling that, that this, is the, this is the mare that should be yeah. heading the market for the champion hurdle and she should go for yeah. the champion hurdle how, how strongly do you feel that? Uh, listen, before yesterday, I would have said the Mayor's Hurdle was the race to go for. But um, you have to look at She went to the Mayor's Hurdle last year and she got better in it. So uh, uh, I suppose sleeping on it last night and looking at all the reruns this morning, um, I'd prefer to get better in the Champion Hurdle than I would in the Mayor's Hurdle. So uh, uh, we'd have to be leading more towards the Champion Hurdle now than the Mayor's Hurdle, yeah. So do you think that's a feeling that's shared by, by Eddie and Michael? I mean, you, you said to me yesterday... We'll all talk about it. I'll have my view. Eddie will have his view. Michael will have his view. And then we'll listen to Michael. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, listen, uh, as I said, like uh, we all have our opinions. But, uh, whatever Michael says will go. Um, but listen, I'd say, um, speaking to him this morning, and the mirror's okay after the race yesterday, we'd probably be mad not to give it a go. And in terms of why she's improved this year, you were saying yesterday that you've sort of stopped her coming in season and you think that that has got quite a lot to do with it. For, for those who aren't familiar and those who aren't familiar with how you might train mares and fillies differently to geldings, just explain how you do that and, and what's, what that's well, all about. Well, I suppose saying we've stopped her coming in season, I can't really tell yet because it's only now that it starts cycling or coming in season. But uh, we're, we're keeping a close eye and trying to monitor more this year than I suppose last year we never even thought about where this year we, we have to be very careful that she doesn't uh, come into season Cheltenham or punches down time so uh, uh, obviously working closely with the vets and Federal Veterinary Hospital uh, we'll keep a close eye on it and try and make sure that she doesn't come into season It was a terrific day and let's hope she does as, as you suggest she is going to uh, line up in the champion huddle did you watch Boober Day yesterday? I just saw the end of it I saw this morning at the reruns uh, so often from the turn in home um, listen, he, he's obviously a very, very good horse. Uh, he just does what he has to do every day, and uh, he's a horse you love to train. But uh, listen, we, we, we'll take him on. The way you're smiling there suggests to me that you really, you really fancy a crack at him. Uh, listen, up until yesterday, I, I would have been very, very nervous. But to do what you did here yesterday, I thought it was very good. I know um, she's just very good. She loves the battle. Um, she, I think Cheltenham would suit her better than Leopardstown. But uh, listen, I'm not doubting uh, Boobadier's going to be a very, very hard horse to beat. But uh, we, we might give him a go. Some other brilliant winners for you yesterday. Envoy Allen looks 
a yeah. beautiful horse. I mean, he really is a magnificent horse to look at, and he produced a performance that was commensurate with that on the course. Do you, of all your young horses, do you think he's the one that could, could go the furthest, potentially? Uh, and obviously, Nick, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. That the horse I have, you know, from, from A to Z, uh, if I start saying he's the best horse in my yard, um, I'd be telling a lie. And you're setting yourself up for a yeah. bit of a fall, if yeah, you say exactly. that as well, I get that. Yeah, but I'm in the position that I've got a lot of very, very good horses, uh, but I think he's a good horse. Um, he's a horse bought to be a big three-mile chaser. He came highly recommended. Um, and... Uh, He's 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 uh, he's proven a good horse for uh, Chievely Park and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson. Now the ground was pretty quick. Yeah. By the standards of yeah. early February. Yeah. And you've taken quite a few horses out today. Yeah, I've taken five horses out today. Um, look, at, uh, obviously Cheltenham is, is is the be all and end all for us for the season, and I've, I've a few horses that I just can't take a chance. I'd love to be running in the Grade One races and a lot of prize money here today, but um, look at the ground just isn't good enough, and that's it. It's just not soft enough, just not yeah. easy enough. Yeah, I mean, easy enough. Like, you know, when I say it's, it's just not uh, it's just not safe enough for the horses that I want to run, so that's the way it is. Could the track have done anything different, do you think? Should they have slowed uh, it down a bit more? Listen, it's, 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 it's hard to call, obviously, uh, uh, Pat and all his team in Leopardstown and obviously Larkin, the, the clerk of the course, they've done as good as a job. There's a lot of rain forecasts that mm. didn't come. I suppose, listen... Uh, uh, Everyone is open to criticism, but uh, the boys uh, to do their job and they do a good job. I don't ever stand up and give out, but I suppose look at it. Probably have to look at it again. They probably could have put a bit of water on the chase course, but there was rain forecasted and, and they didn't. So that's the decision they made, and I'm not going to give out about it. But I made the decision to take my horses out, and that's the way it is. So the ones that don't run today, significant non-runners, say Delta Work doesn't run in the doesn't big run, chase. Yeah, yeah. Will he go straight to Cheltenham? He'll go now? straight to Cheltenham now. Yeah. How many do you run in the Spring Juvenile now? I run two. I took out Cora Sublime. Uh, he, 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 he's a good horse as well, but he just wants to get his toe into it a bit more. So Chief Justice does run. Chief Justice runs. David Russell rides him now. Uh, you know, and Serum, she's a good mare as well. So we've got two in it. But it's a good race. So that's the business of today and yesterday sorted out. When you when you go home at night, do you ever get a chance to think, my word, I'm training several hundred of the best jumpers in Europe, or do you just simply never think about it? Do you simply just move on to the next day? Uh, I know how lucky I am. You know, you, of course, you, you 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 pinch yourself every day when you go and look at the horses I have. But uh, uh, I, I take it day by day, and nothing phases me too much. Um, uh, I want the next winner. That's what I want. Where where did the dream start? Where did it all begin? Um, I got into horses by accident. Um, uh, a few uncles of mine had a few pointer pointers, and I sat going pointer pointing when I was young, and kind of liked it, and just went from there. And did, did the whole family enjoy it? Was it always a, a family hobby, pastime, business, or not not at all? No, uh, none of the, uh, my mother and father are into horses at all. My father's a panel beater and my mother's a housewife. But uh, I was lucky enough, um, you know, I, I, I probably when I was 11 or 12, I uh, got a bit of a bite for it, and I'm probably lucky that I, that I did because uh, I'd be laying blocks or doing something stupid if it wasn't. What, what did you enjoy about it? Yeah, I just just like the animals. Uh, I like, I, like uh, um, I think they're they're incredible what they can do, and um, yeah, it's great. So it was something that attracted you, and then you you started riding up Tony Martin, wasn't yeah, it? Your, yeah, your sort of first yeah. governor, if you like. Yeah, a few a few other uh, sort of jobs before that, and um, Tony Martin was was probably the first job I have. I spent twelve years with Tony, learned an awful lot. Um, uh, spent a couple of years at Martin Pipe. Uh, still be, you know, uh, over and back. They'll be good friends with Dave and all them over there and uh, you know it's a place I enjoy going back to the whole time you know it's great 
do you think that was the place that, that shaped you as, as the trainer that you are more than anywhere else? I suppose, look, to be fair, I probably learned a lot off, off uh, both Tony and, uh, and, and Martin. Um, I suppose the attention to detail Martin Pipe had, you know, he left no stone unturned. Um, you know, from whether it was hanging the door to, to what a horse did, he, he just he just won them man that uh, he, he, he was incredible, you know. Benicia Williams was on the show couple of weeks ago now and she'd spent some time with with Martin Piper as yeah. well shortly before you did yes right yeah and I said to her well did you take your training methods from him and she said yeah of course you did because he was winning everything he got yeah. horses fitter he, he, he conditioned them better than everybody else and I said to her did he did he give you much advice and she said no you, you didn't really have that many conversations you just learnt by yeah. watching it was like osmosis almost yeah yeah he, he I suppose he he didn't say, say too much but uh, just if uh, um I suppose uh, keep your ears open and your eyes open and, and your mouth shut, you know. That was probably the way, I, the way I did it, you know. What did you see there that impressed you the most? I, look, as I said, his, his attention to detail still to this day, um, you know, he, he doesn't miss anything. And do you you still in, in touch? Does he still...? Yeah, he texted me last night. Uh, I was talking to him two weeks ago. He was in his, on his holidays. He, he rang, me, rang me for a few, see if I'd had a, have a winner or two. So, uh, yeah, no, I'd still be uh, uh, pretty close to him, yeah, yeah. And that time with Tony Martin, I remember at that time, Tony Martin was sort of considered the the absolute master of placing a horse, of putting yeah. it in the right race, of getting yeah. one absolutely ripe and ready for the day. Yeah. Could you sort of see the, the cogs turning when you were there? Yeah, I suppose the, the one thing you learned with Tony, like he was, he, he was, you know, brilliant at placing his horses. Um, probably learned a, a lot of that from, um, you know, he, 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 he got them very fit without, without, without galloping them a whole lot. Um, you know, he's. I'd say there's probably no better man if he had the right horse. He 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 he'd be very dangerous. Can you remember your first ride? Yeah, uh, my first ride. Um, first ride in the point to point. I think um, I fell at the last fence going to, going with Miracle Crockerani going to win at the last in Castellan Gagan, and I, I asked her for a big one. And she put down and she fell. It was my fault, yeah. And how ambitious were you to be a? To be a jockey, a proper jockey. Listen, like like any young fellow when you get into racing, you know, everyone can say you want to be a trainer. I, I, I didn't start. I wanted to be a trainer. You think you're going to be a jockey, but obviously I wasn't good enough, and uh, I was a little bit heavy as well. So thankfully, the training worked out better. Were you always struggling with that side yeah. of things, even when you were little? Yeah, well, I was never little to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I I always struggled with the weight. Um, Love riding point to point, and point to point was a. Uh, I enjoyed the point point probably more than, than bumpers and that. Uh, you know, it was more fun and jumps and the whole. That was great. Were you brave? Uh, I thought I was, but I probably wasn't that brave when you, when you look back now when you see, the, you know, the, the Jamie Codds and Derek O'Connors and Barry O'Neill's these lads. Uh, I wouldn't say I was that brave, no. And what was it about the point to point you enjoyed? Was it the camaraderie, the atmosphere? The... Yeah, the, that's why I enjoyed the young horses coming along. You know, the, the, the you know the you get to see the, the the nice horses coming through as young horses, but. Uh, more fun, you know. There's a good bunch of lads riding when I when I when I was riding. It was great. Do you think there was always that bit of you that thought training was the thing? Was that was that in you from early? Uh, I suppose the first couple of years, no. To say to say it was, I'll be telling you a lie. But for for the latter years, it's something I always thought about. Uh, I was sort of pre-trained a few horses and trained a few pointer pointers myself at the end, and it just went from strength to strength. I was very lucky. Um, I suppose from Flagfall, uh, obviously doing the English National my first year of training, and then you know I just got a a few owners and a few better owners as we've done it was brilliant
But that sort of set the, set the benchmark, really, in terms of you being an unconventional operator and someone who thought outside the traditional um, parameters. Running Silver Birch, I think, in a point-to-point, prepping him, yeah. and then running him in the National. You hadn't even had a winner in Ireland by that point when he won the National. Yeah. I remember, I think, one of my first runners in, in, as a trainer was a horse I called Brandon Mountain in Cheltenham in Fred Winter, and I thought it was great at having a runner. I met Martin Pipe in the Prater, and he says, what are you doing here? And I said, I have a runner. And he says, any chance? And I says, no. Probably not. And he says, well, what are you doing here? He, he said, you should keep your horses uh, in the worst company yourself and the best. And it's something I never forgot. The following year, then I obviously had to train the English national winner. Um, I probably had maybe 15, 20 horses in training, half dozen point-to-pointers and the rest for the track. And um, they, were, they were probably only good enough to finish fifth or sixth in Ireland in races. And I, I kind of figured out then, I said, uh, I, I had this my head for the north of England and Scotland. And I kind of made my name there then training a lot of winners. The horses just weren't good enough in Ireland, and I said I wanted to train winners, and that's, that's what I did. And were people in Ireland, the right people in Ireland, beginning to notice you, even though most of your key exploits were, were happening in England, Scotland? Yeah, definitely. I'd say it's not got a lot of low-grade horses that started me off, and um, I, I headed, 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 headed for Scotland in the north of England, and I never looked back. And I still, I still uh, as you see yourself, I'm back there every second week with horses to try and win, but... I, I, I'm not afraid to travel if, if we have to go, you know. Did you always think in your own mind that it was a numbers game? You had to have a lot of horses to succeed. It, you simply couldn't do it with 30 or 40 or 50. You can't do it. Listen, um, you know, uh, I suppose when I when I work for uh, Martin Pipe, you know, he, he had a lot of numbers, a lot of runners. Um, and then obviously the first couple of years training, you know, you think you want to have 10 winners, you want to have 15 winners. And every year now I say I want to have 100 winners. Every year I have 100 winners. If I can beat 100 winners every year, I'm happy. But like, when you look at, if you want to compete with Willie, um, Willie Mullins, um, Joseph O'Brien, um, you know, Noel Henry, Jessica, you have to have numbers. It is a numbers game. Um, and I enjoy it, I love it. Um, we've got a couple of horse, 100 horses in training, and um, I thrive in it, I love it. Tell me about your relationship with, with Michael O'Leary, because he's a, a fascinating character. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody enjoys listening to what he has to say. Yeah. I think he quite enjoys winding people up a little bit as well, just sort of adding a little bit of oil to the water. Um, you seem to get on very well with him or have a very good relationship with him. Why do you think that is? Uh, I get, get a few bollocks off him as well now, to be honest. Um, listen, I'm very lucky the second year I started training. And, uh, Michael... Um, sent me a few horses and uh, I've never looked back um, listen, we have our ups and downs our good and our bad days but he, he, he likes to hear the truth um, he likes to hear it as it is you don't have to be fancy around him um, he uh, he wants results and, and that's what, what I try and give him and he, he, um, he listen he's a good man he, he's, he's fair um, he says as it is and he's always said it's essentially results orientated. If you're if you're not doing terribly well, the horses go somewhere else. If you're doing well, yeah. you get more horses. Yeah. Do you quite like being put under that sort of pressure? Uh, I suppose look, I'm in the position that I'm very very lucky because you know if, if you start off with five horses, the chances are half your string is going to either not get to the track or get injured, mm. and you're down into two, two or three. Where I'm lucky enough, I've got a big number for him. Um, do you know what? For me, the one disappointment in training horses is injuries, but. Uh, no, listen, Michael and Eddie are, are brilliant to deal with. They, they, they take uh, bad news as good as good news. Um, they, they, they leave you at it. 
um, they have their opinions and I have my opinions and um, you normally do what they want to do but it's uh, no they're good they're, I'm only messing they're, they're, they're very good to work for How good are you to work for do you think? You'd have to ask someone that works for me uh, it's not, I enjoy enjoy the good days uh, I try and look after staff as well as I can if we've, if we've a good day um, we all we all celebrate together and enjoy it. Um, but there's a lot of pressures, and f- for me, I suppose the one disheartening thing about training horses is injuries. It's the only that breaks my heart, you know. Um, and uh, sometimes I think I might even get injuries, but everyone does. And the one thing about training horses, I suppose, uh, injuries is the one disheartening thing for me. When we saw it yesterday, um, poor Henry de Brom had had yeah. a, a horrible day yesterday. Yeah. He not only lost Special Tiara, but lost Molina's Jack in the first as well. And to, yeah. for the people who most closely associated with yeah. those horses the grooms who look after them every day yeah. to go home with, with too few too fewer horses in yeah. the horse box must have been horrendous um, have there been days where you just thought this isn't worth it I, I, can't, I cannot withstand this really anymore or are you philosophical enough to know that you just um, keep pushing through I'm probably taking off skin that it is very disheartening when horses get injured but I kind of put try to put it in the back of my head and get just keep going forward and get getting on but the staff and the yard the lads and the lasses that look after the horses are the one that's probably harder on and they probably don't get the credit for what they do day in day out, but uh, it is like you know the, the lads out Henry's and and the girls out Henry's yesterday going home must have been a heartbreak and obviously to lose the horse in the in the first race and then special tiara like you know um you know obviously must have been a stable favourite. Uh, Henrietta Knight was on this program last series, and she'd written a book all about yeah. different trainers in Europe, and you featured in in yeah. one of the chapters. And I asked her of all the trainers you went and met. And talk to, and she talked to all the legends in England, Ireland, France, everywhere. Who was the most impressive? And without thinking, without a split second pause, she said Gordon Elliott. And I said, "You're not blushing, are you?" <laughs> and I said to her, "Why?" And she said, "Because of the way he motivates his staff and has everyone working for him yeah. as a team." Is man management something that do you think came naturally to you, or do you think it's something you've had to learn? Well, I suppose the one thing I, I thought when I started training horses. Um, you have to have good people around you. Uh, I, I looked from from when I when I, when I started a couple of yards I worked in like you can't do everything yourself and if you try to do everything yourself you're not going to do it right. And I I'm very lucky. I've got a lot of very 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 good staff. Um, you know from Simon McGonigal, my head man, to numbers from the A to Z in the yard. If I start mentioning names, I forget about people. Yeah. But Simon's my head man. If I'm not there, I'm number one. He's number two. If I'm not there. The place is ran as well as if I'm there, and if you try and do it all yourself, you won't do it right. Um, and that, that's just something that I, I just thought. Yeah, you have to have good people around you because, um, you know, if I want to, uh, to buy a pair of trousers or buy a jumper or a jacket, I, I don't do anything. I've got the girls in the office. I've got someone to do everything for me. Um, if I want the fire lit, if I want anything done, it's done for me. So you, you can train the horses. Yeah, everything else is done for me, so I don't have to worry about anything by training the horses. But you have to be good enough in the first place to be able to establish a system like that. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, we, maybe some people say we've got uh, four or five staff more than we should have, but uh, if you haven't got the staff, you can't do it. Do you know, there's, there's no cutting corners in this game. Uh, if you want to do it, yeah, you have to um, just drive on. Have you always been a meticulous person, detail-wise? Is that something that... Um, makes your brain you, you, you mightn't believe it looking at me but I actually am I like everything very tidy I like the yard uh, done right and everything done right in the yard but uh, yeah I think so yeah so 
contrary to what you might say is the public perception, you think you have quite an ordered mind, like organised, ordered, neat, tidy. Yeah, everyone, everyone uh, knows what their job and knows what to do, yeah. You have achieved so much. Um, what is your, what's your overriding ambition now? You're still such a young man uh, yeah. to be training horses and to have done what you've done and to win the races that you've won. What is the what is the central overriding ambition between now and thirty forty years time? There's only one thing, only one ambition I have in life, and that's to be champion trainer yeah. in Ireland. Um, we've gone close to it a couple of times. I think we've been, I've been second for the last five or six years to Willie. Um, How much did last year hurt? Not as much as the year before. The year before it was it was heartbreaking. Um, I thought I had it, I thought I'd done it. Everyone was telling me it was done. Um, but just a credit to the man Willie Mullins is and, and uh, the team he has behind him. Uh, he he uh, he hammered me both the last two years in Punchestown. Two years ago it was heartbreaking, I'm not going to tell it. I, uh, I just wanted to go home and cry, you know. Did you? Yeah, I did, honestly. Uh, where last year... But did you go home and cry? Uh, no, I didn't, didn't go home and cry, no. Definitely didn't go home and cry. But uh, I probably was, you know, sick, to be honest. Um last year when he beat me it was easier probably than the year before uh, because I, I knew I knew what happened the year before but uh, I've, I've not just over the last couple of years have I said it I've said it for the last five or six years I've one ambition in life and that's to be champion trainer and I won't lie down until I do it Trouble is once you've done it which will happen inevitably at some point might even happen this time um, what next then you just want to do it again and again and again listen, and again it, 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 as I always say, like if you want to be a jockey, you should be, you should want to be champion jockey, and if you want to be a trainer, you should want to be champion trainer. Um, if 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 you're if you're happy to train ten or fifteen horses, let's say oh I'm, I'm happy with that number and I can do them right. That's a load of below me for me. Uh, it's a numbers game. You have to have the numbers. You you have to want to train the winners, and you have to want to be champion if you're going to do it. What makes Willie Mullins such a formidable competitor? Why is the bar that he's setting for you so high? Do you think? I wish I knew, to be honest. Um, he, he's obviously he's got a got a, a brilliant system um, from buying his horses to his staff in the yard to his jockeys to everything. But uh, do you know, um, I've got the utmost respect for Willie. He's a gentleman. Um, I, I get on very well with him. You know, every day I see him racing, I talk to him. Um, he's. Uh, I wish he was one of them persons that I, I didn't like, but I, he, he, you just have to like him. He's he's, he's brilliant. What he does um, from all over the world, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's class. To what extent, then, do you even now look at other trainers and think, hmm, that's an interesting idea, I might try a little bit of that myself, or are you just single-minded in your belief in your own ability? No, Jesus, um, to be honest, I still make mistakes every day. Um, do you know, from, from uh, uh, the work you can do with a horse, maybe giving them too much or giving them too little to... The races you put horses in, the entries, you know. Um, I'm, I suppose, a couple of years ago, I got um, Ryan McGilligan does a lot of work with me. The mm. entries, you know, and he's, for, for me, he's very, very good as well because uh, it's just a second, a second opinion and everything. And you know, that's part of what I said to having a good team behind you and, and going forward. Uh, um, but no, I don't think I do everything right. I think I make a lot of mistakes, and I think I still need to keep improving. How well do you take defeat as a general rule? I don't take it good, but you have to smile. Like, you know, like last year in Punchestown, uh, I was getting hammered every race, and 
you've got a camera on you every, every time you get beaten you, you want to throw yourself in the ground and start lepping around like a spoiled child but you have to be gracious don't you you do yeah however if your natural disposition is to celebrate when you have a winner and go loopy yeah. around the paddock like you yeah. do and everyone yeah. enjoys watching you do it yeah then it's m- doubly difficult to then control it and yeah. keep it pent up when things yeah. don't go right and there are some trainers who are completely inscrutable even when they have a grade one winner or a group one winner they just yeah I can't have that at all to be honest because if you're not in the game and you don't enjoy it just that's what we're in the game for is to, to have a bit of fun owners owners um, I think think enjoy it um, you know it's obviously their hobby uh, it's, 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 it's a great game and I'm very very lucky to be in it and here this this Leopardstown festival the Dublin Racing Festival this is a this is a big weekend for Irish racing I know it's a shame that the ground isn't going to allow some of your horses to run yeah. today, but the, the atmosphere yesterday was absolutely tremendous. Yeah, uh, I think there was 15 or 16,000 people here yesterday. It was brilliant, you know. I, I got the track for most races, and looking back up in the stands yesterday, there was a proper buzz here. Um, you know, it's a, obviously a great initiative by the whole team here in Leopardstown and by uh, Horse Race in Ireland um, to have this festival and, uh, you know, uh, open up, it's going, and it's brilliant. Would you actually welcome more UK horses running here at this festival so you can have a proper crack at them now and in March uh, listen to be honest uh, you just want to win all the races yeah don't we you? Want, to, want to win all the races it's, it's uh, but, but I can't understand why more people don't come over I think uh, they don't realise how hard we have it in Ireland like you know obviously we've got brilliant prize money but every day you go racing in Ireland you have to take on the best you know in England you can tip your toe around and you can you can divide each other all year I, I, I honestly can't understand why, why more owners don't come over and have a go know obviously Nicky Richards was over yesterday he was lucky his horse couldn't run the big race mm. and he had a third in the handicap chase and Gary Moore's horse fell which was unlucky hopefully he's okay this morning but uh, I can't understand why more people don't do it tippy towing is not something I readily associate with you to be honest you like to just get stuck no, in drive and go on, for it drive, drive on, on and take them on yeah, yeah. there you are that's yeah. the, I think that's the mantra for this morning drive on and it, it's been a great pleasure to, to have you on the show Gordon thanks so much cheers Nick thanks Gordon Elliott who is set for another good day here at the Dublin Racing Festival and if you missed the beginning of that interview he has pretty much as good as confirmed that the champion hurdle will be the target for, for Apples Jade I think we can say that now can't we well nothing's in concrete but I say so Luck on Sunday Proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell, Dubai.